Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Lenny here. I have Dustin in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome. Austin, uh, nice to meet you. Thanks for having nice. me on. Yeah, nice to meet you as well, sir. Um, so what I like to do with my guests is let them uh, kind of share their story and start where they want to. Uh, totally up to you, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Well, uh, my story is one that has completely dependent on others and, and building relationships. So the really quick kind of professional snapshot that might bring that into focus is I was an engineer, a practicing uh, civil engineer, a traffic engineer for 15 years. Uh, during that time, had several online businesses, got really into digital marketing, ultimately left engineering and have been an entrepreneur for, yes, over six years now at this point. Um, and through all of that has, has been, all of that has been grown through collaborations, communities. And uh, what I focus on today is helping other people basically build relationships at scale. And so one of the main ways we do that is through podcast guesting. So uh, putting yeah. people in seats like this to meet really cool people like you and engage with, with your audience. Uh, and so, yeah, we do that. And that's actually how, how we met was uh, a fellow yeah. guest that introduced us. So it's a pretty, a pretty good example of how that works. But yeah, today I spend most of my time coaching, running mastermind groups and uh, helping people market their business through relationship growth. I don't, I don't say this as a slight, I say it as a little bit of a joke and kind of just, I'm being hundred percent honest. Uh, my grandfather, both my grandfathers were engineers. Um, I spent my first eight years in entrepreneurship in the real estate space. The joke now is uh, if you're in multifamily, you were an engineer. Okay. That's the, it's, I, I, I literally could go, I could go down the board. I love that. That's awesome. I've no, never heard that. And I'm not, no, no, no. I'm dead serious. Estate. I go, I go, Oh, you, you invest in multifamily. Now you used to be an engineer. They go, how did you know? I could go 15 <laughs> for 15. Like, okay. I I'm saying that cause I never broke it down like this. Okay. But I, but I, but I'm starting to see a correlation here. One, there's the bad side of it, which is you left engineering. So that says a lot about that job, but I digress. We'll, we'll cover that another time. <laughs> but but what I've noticed about people that did do engineering, because my my brother-in-law is one, is you're very organized, you're very thoughtful, and you're very driven, right? And so those characteristics, even though they might not do engineering anymore, they bring it into their new business or their new venture. And I've never met one that's, and I mean this wholeheartedly, that's unsuccessful because it does take a certain type of drive and kind of organization to be an engineer in the first place. Right. Yeah. There's a, uh, people have, have, you know, I've got this weird journey of different businesses. They kind of cover marriage, marketing, meat sticks, uh, masterminds. So like I've applied this skill set, I guess, if you will, this mindset in a lot of different ways. And so people sometimes are like, what in the world are you doing? I'm like, well, to me, they're all just applications of the same system. Right. And yes. so to your point, uh, I, I definitely am attracted to multifamily real estate investing because I can see, I can see well, the vision for that. Really interesting. Quickly. Right is now, now I run a big trade company, you know, HVAC, plumbing, electric, construction, uh, welding, you know, that's what I run now, 50 employees. And I'm having to learn the engineering part of it to help my sales guys, right? Because we do large scale commercial. Yeah. And what I realized through this, right? We do big projects. So there's a lot of personalities, engineers, 
architects, managers, construction guys. So you have to be really, you have to have a lot of speeds when it comes to an engineer. There's a lot of people involved that are seeing this vision that comes from nothing and then boom. And I, I don't think that's something that's highlighted enough when it comes down to engineering. And obviously there's different types, but there is a lot of different people that you have to put inside this vision to get something off the ground. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, before I left my uh, professional engineering career, I mean, at the, at the end of that, I was managing about 25 people, multi-million dollar budgets. I was responsible for all the, not only the hiring and firing of those people, but the sales, the proposals, uh, the marketing, most of the, the higher level presentations. And so, you know, you, it's like anything when you get to the kind of pinnacle of a certain area of expertise, I mean, you, you have to develop so many different skills that are transferable to other industries. Um, I just personally kind of got burnt out with the whole thing and kind of felt like there's nothing left here for me to, to pursue and learn. And I had these other, you know, projects and other, other side things that were going on that were really starting to draw my attention. So yeah, I love, I still love engineers. I still um, have a lot of respect. And, and if you dig into it, you actually find that at the highest level of some of the biggest companies, many CEOs actually have engineering degrees. Um, so I think there, there is something to be said there for the, it's not so much the specific education you get, but they actually teach you how to think and they teach you how to, you know, engineer, engineer solutions, uh, thinking think in, in reverse action steps. And I think that that really is great for growing businesses, real estate investing, um, helping people in groups, however you want to apply that kind of systematic thinking. But uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for the, the time I had to put in those reps over those years, specifically in engineering and how it's helped me and kind of be unique in other industries. So you mentioned that you got burnout. You know, a lot of people do get burnout, but they don't make the leap. You yeah. know, talk about that time when you did leave and, you know, you probably left a good paying job to start a business, you know, talk about that time and kind of what was the catalyst for, for making that jump? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So the, the, I started my first online business in 2009, but it was really about 2015 is when I really started to think I could actually leave engineering at some point and, and give up this identity. Um, I was at a digital marketing conference down in Austin, Texas. It was just like, I was like, I could, I think I could do this, but on uh, the other, the other shoulder was, um, had a, a wife and three kids, sole breadwinner. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. Um, she had quit her special education career to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and so very risky. And while I had an entrepreneurial bug, she very much does not. And so mm -hmm. it was it was not a quick process. So 2015 is when I started thinking and started communicating with her. Like, I think this is something I could do. Let's, let's start putting some things in motion. That came to a head in the summer of 2017. And I remember it like very vividly because I had an epiphany moment where... I've been building the stuff on the side. I had some marketing clients and, and while I still had this very um, strenuous day job uh, and I still, and I had, I had another two businesses. So, however, I got to this point and I'm like, how is, how is this ever going to happen? And it finally hit me. And this sounds so simple in hindsight, but hopefully this is something your listeners can take away is like this, like almost nothing in my life is a permanent decision. Right. And so I finally had this weight off my shoulders in the summer of 2017, where I'm like, you know what, I can actually make a run at this and I could try full time entrepreneurship and giving up this engineering job. And you know what, if I really suck at that, I can always come back and get another engineering job. Mm -hmm. and like I said, it seems so obvious now, but it felt like this like fatalistic, like it's I'm going to die if this doesn't work. And like I, this is a permanent decision. And aside from hopefully your spouse, your kids, and maybe a religious vocation, there aren't many things that are permanent. So like you could go mm -hmm. try stuff and then you could always like back off of that. Um, so that was a huge moment. And uh, I remember I went to my wife and my kids and I said, look, I'm making a run at this. Uh, I'm giving myself six months 
And basically by the end of 2017, I'm going to have this much money in the bank or I'm not. And if I do, then I'm going to quit engineering and move, move on. And if I don't, then I'll, you know, come up with the next plan and see what the next increment was. So I worked like an insane madman for six months, had the full-time job, several businesses. and was just like getting every marketing client I could to try to build this war chest, figuring I needed three to six months of like expenses if I just had no income, um, which was again, pretty unrealistic, but that's what we did. We hit that moment, January 3rd, right after the holiday, I went and sat down with my boss and gave my notice. Um, and you know, things, things have a way of working out. So what, what actually ended up happening was instead of, instead of cutting me loose, they're like, Hey, you're awesome. We'd love for you to stick around and with your replacement, we're going to like, you basically ch- change you to a contractor. They tripled my hourly rate took away my benefits, but then they were just started paying me on a part-time basis to help out. So I actually started making 20, 2018. I ended up making more money in the first six months than I had ever made in my life. And it was, uh, and it's just like, this is how things work out whenever you actually take smart risk. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's, that's my very specific six month story of how I decided to make that leap. It was, it's not like, it was still very daunting. And I still had to have a ton of communication with my wife, with my kids, like, Hey, I love you guys. I'm probably not going to see a lot of you for the next six months. I'll I'll see you after Christmas. Um, But this is a very short-term pain uh, for what I hope is a long-term gain. And in hindsight, I think my whole family would collectively say it was the best decision we ever made. So, I don't have a reference point for me personally, but I do with my employees. I have a couple of guys that are super old. They've been in the game like 40 plus years, plumbing and HVAC. And they're like, we're going to retire. And I'm like, why? (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, this is what you do. You love this. And I was like, but you can work like two days a week. And they're like, that's a thing. And I'm like, yeah, I still need your knowledge and you can still, you know, be out there. But, but you would have never got that opportunity if you didn't bet on yourself. And yeah. because, because, because here's the difference, instead of you limping in there and going, this is what I want. You were so probably firm in what you wanted that they saw that. And they knew there was no other way but to position it, reposition it, right? Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent the case. It was, I went in from a position of strength. I had no intention of asking for part-time, you know, status. It's not something I really wanted. So it became them trying to sell me on the idea of a part-time position. I'm like, I don't know, what would you pay me? And they're like, oh, we could pay you, you know, three times what you're making now, but because I'm not taking the benefits, right? Um, and so then we had to figure out insurance and all the stuff that typically holds people back. But we, we got through that. And yeah, you, you're absolutely right, though. Um, I had I had a client and a, and a close friend who was doing a business with us. Uh, he was a, an emergency room nurse. Um, his wife had twins. So this was a third child. Uh, he left. He was done. Like he was going to do maternity leave and he was out. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll just say there was a, a clerical error. I think they did it on purpose, but I digress. <laughs> All right. Uh, where they they entered the date of his uh, his maternity leave wrong, so he thought he had another three months, but he had but they said no, you got to be back to work next week, and he was he was devastated, right? He was going to have to leave what he was doing with us, and I said, look, man, I said you got three kids. I was like, there's never been a time in America where nurses are getting paid what they're getting paid. I said you've been doing this ten years. I said. You, they need you to take over a job of a woman that retired. I said, you have them by the, you know, what's, and I said, you squeeze until they cry. <laughs> and he's making triple than what he was making. He bought his brand new house for him and his wife who were living in an apartment. He's working less than he was working before. And he goes, no, no, no. I want to be an entrepreneur. I said, dude, I get that. But 
this you've been 10 years to get this i was like respect this time put your war chest away the economy's a little iffy I yeah. said, when it's time to go in two years, you're going to have everything you wanted. And now you're in a position of strength and not weakness. And he was like, it's hard. And I go, yeah, it's hard. But I guess that house is really nice, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's great advice too. And it, it's, it's an ego thing too, right? Like in, in my case, I built this up like, oh man, I'm going to go sit down. I, I, this is the day I'm quitting. And I was excited, but nervous. And, um, and so to kind of have them come back and be like, well, why don't you just, you know, work 15, 20 hours a week for a while and then we'll, you'll, you'll find your replacement and um and i was i was kind of hesitant at first like well no i don't know i'm gonna do this full time i'm like well if i do this for three months or six months like what's the harm i'm just gonna pad the bank account a little more i don't have to be as i can come pursue new clients from even a more position of strength like i don't really need to work with you but i can <laughs> if you want and then uh, you know again it, it really it set everything in motion actually in that in that time frame i found what's now my business partner in a in a company called fire creek snacks it's like so much happened in that yeah. one year period from summer 2017 to summer 2018. Um, and yeah, it just turned out like beautiful. Like the transition turned out really low pressure. It was really great. And it set me up for much level, much higher levels of success down the road, which of course I couldn't, I couldn't see at the time, but now I can look back and be like, that was a really pivotal time yeah. for our family and for my, for, for my entrepreneurial career. So how many, like, I know you have multiple businesses, but how many like active, active businesses to, would you say that you have at the current? Yeah, just, I say just, just three. Um, <laughs> so I still I'm have the original three. one. If anyone can see it on camera, they would see it over my shoulder, but uh, it's called Engaged Marriage. So I started that way back in 2009 out of an outgrowth of marriage ministry. My wife and I were doing, it became a business. I wrote a book. We were doing speaking. Um, we we're actually pretty active with speaking up until covid um, so that still exists. It's very much a passive income source at this time. We It's all driven with organic traffic and their system set up for a membership area that drips out. Um, so yeah, that's it's probably something I'm going to let go of and sell in the near future because it still ha has a real value. Um, and it's not something I spend a lot of energy on anymore. But Engaged Marriage is business one. Business two is the partnership I mentioned, Fire Creek Snacks. Uh, it's a growing e-commerce and wholesale business. You know, we sell uh, healthy meat sticks as is kind of the core product there. And my business partner is a third generation butcher shop owner. So he has all the product knowledge and kind of that mm -hmm. family heritage. I'm the sales and marketing arm of that. Um, and that's really, that was really an important uh, several year period there because that actually, that brand Fire Creek Snacks is what brought me into podcast guesting in 2020 uh, on the, on the backside of COVID. So I was, uh, the, the story I like to share is I was driving to Chicago from St. Louis to a trade show in March, 2020, got the phone call that it was canceled and was like, Oh shit. And then I, I lost half my marketing clients that were local businesses. Um, and so that was a couple, that was the, the next like big change in, in what I do. Uh, it was in response to all the changes with COVID. I think we all have those stories. Uh, but yeah, summer 2020 for fire Creek, I pursued my first podcast opportunity and went really well that, eventually evolved into a lot of people coming to me for help with with that and other types of marketing partnerships, which has become the third and main business where I spend 90% of my time, which is simple success coaching. And that's where I run these mastermind programs and different types of training programs to help people with their marketing and uh, very specifically podcast guesting. And, you know, there's some people that I've met, you know, 800, 900 plus podcasts that I've done or been on created where uh, I think the people that have it the smartest and I envious of them sometimes <laughs> is the ones that are just guests. Like they don't actually have a podcast, 
but they use the traffic of other people's podcasts to, to get them out and cross brand and everything. Uh, there's a guy in real estate. Now he started his own, but for like five years, he just did other people's podcasts, put it on his website. And he got a lot of, you know, business and exposure from that. Um, I don't think enough people realize um, a median like that, like, uh, you know, cause you can tell when a podcast comes out, you can tell which group has an audience because like, you know, I remember when I went on one, I think I got like 20 DMs in one day on LinkedIn, like, you know, like, oh my God, like they have a big audience, right? Like, so you, that's when you kind of like have the light bulb moment. Do, do you notice a lot of your uh, guests that run businesses or whatever, they realize that when they go on a couple of podcasts? Yeah, hundred percent. And so I've always kind of said tug in cheek, like I go to conferences, I speak all on podcasting. And then people are always like, well, what's the name of your show? I'm like, I don't have a podcast. Um, so yeah, for three years now, I've done podcast guesting exclusively to grow Fire Creek and then to grow this coaching business to seven figures. And then this coaching business is multiple six in the first nine months, all through podcast guesting. And very importantly, the relationships that have come from that, right? So it's, there is a, an element of it, like you just mentioned, where you're on certain shows and you get direct sales from that. Um, what we build is a whole system around each appearance to where you're filling your pipeline with leads, you're building relationships with not only potential clients, but like referral partners, other people with podcasts, other influencers. Um, so we've got, we've got a whole thing built around it now. Um, and that's what we help clients with. But yeah, it's, it's extremely powerful and extremely underrated, which is great for me because <laughs> for the people that do get interested in it, they're yeah. like, how the, how the heck do you do it? Yeah. So that's what we help them with. But yeah, to, to your point, I mean, the whole idea here. So I think it's important to kind of say this too. I talk about podcast guesting because people get it like immediately, they know what that means. And that's a great vehicle for really anyone with an online business, but the exact same mindset and strategy can be used in lots of different ways. So the, the main strategy with podcast guessing is you're getting yourself in front of your target market by borrowing someone else's audience in a way that's like win, win, win. So if I do a good job today and I, and hopefully someone's listening to this and they're like, Oh, that makes sense. And they, they learn something. Well, then your audience gets a win because there's good content. You get a win because you need, you need fresh voices and new content. And of course I get a win because then people learn what I do. So if you think about that in other ways, like fire Creek, we did podcast guesting, but we also have done a lot of subscription box placements. It's the same thing, right? Like we donate or give it a discount of product. So for the subscription box owner, that's great because now they've got something new to feature. Maybe they get it at a discount. Their audience is happy when they receive it because they got a new, you know, hopefully the best snack stick they've ever had. And it's great for us because now we've got exposure to new customers. So this is as old as lunch and learns as joint webinars, uh, getting on people's YouTube channels, being on Instagram live. There's lots of different ways to apply it, but the basic idea is just what I described. Borrow other people's audiences so you don't have to deal with all the production and all the all the things that come with owning your own show um, and do it in a very scalable, systematic way, um, which is you know kind of the, the system part of what we teach. Um, but spoiler alert, I am going to start my own podcast. It's about, yes. two months from, it's about two months out from launching. So I've resisted for three years, but I'm giving in. So. Yes. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm going to record this and I'm going to send this to my podcast producer, this separate video, because I'm going to do an ad for your business. And you're, I don't even, I'm not even one of your clients because I'm going to show you. And I want you to share this with all your people when I send it to you. Okay. So when I started a podcast during COVID and, um, you know, I didn't know any different. So I was interviewing seven to nine people a day for like 11 months. Oh. <laughs> like I was just, I, I was going through a divorce. I, I got laid off. So I was just, I was just doing it. Right. And when I did it, 
you know, there's a lot of uh, apprehensive around it. Like, what am I going to talk about? Everything. I used to be an addict. I'm sober now. I used to be divorced. All these things, right? But what's changed is now that we've been doing it four years, 800 plus episodes, is, is that uh, we buy businesses now, okay? And so, like, I'm in a town where I didn't know a lot of people. Uh, I just moved here six months ago. I've never been to Pennsylvania. I'm here now. Oh, wow. The moment that people find out who I am, whether it be the business broker or the guy we're trying to buy his business, the moment they find out who I am, they Google me. My podcast comes up. They listen to five episodes, and that becomes my virtual business card that yeah. I'm not full of crap. There's never been anything more powerful to get somebody at scale to realize who I am and what I stand for than my podcast. And it's so important that business owners realize that it's not a, you can't not, not do it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You have to, this is where we're headed. And if you don't go with it, then you are going to be left behind period. End of story. It's just one of those things where you have to understand that this is a virtual business card now, plain and simple. Yeah, that's that's beautifully stated. It's awesome that you're seeing the benefits of credibility and authority, even in a local business where maybe you're not getting clients for an HVAC by being mm-hmm. on podcasts, but investors, business partners. I mean, it gives you this. All of our vendors listen to my podcast. Vendors, yeah. My vendors yeah. listen to my podcast. They're like, oh, damn, that was good. Like, you know, like, like yeah. there's so... The like all my business partners came from my podcast. Yeah. Like, like my private equity group, like we all, they all listen and, and it, this match and, you know, like you have to, it's not, yeah. not, I'm not saying you don't have to do anything, but what I'm saying is, but here's the under, here's the unintended thing. And I want to share this with you. Cause this is what you do. Another, another ad for your business. <laughs> so I have a friend. He's probably one of my best friends. And he manages $5 billion. Like, that's just truth. He manages money for UT. They have $50 billion they manage. He manages a sector of it, right? He's a good friend. Known him forever. When I met him, he was was waiting tables like me. And his wife's a doctor now. And it's just a crazy life, right? And he, I had about 115 podcasts. And he, he would not come on. I begged him. He's one of the smartest guys I ever met in my life. And he refused to come on. And I said, look, dude, I really, I really want to, you know, we have amazing conversations. I think people will get a lot of value out of this. And so he comes on and we do it. Month passes and it comes out. He is, he is from Venezuela. Um, he lives in Austin now. He called me, left me a voicemail, voice, voice message. And he said, Hey, I want to, I want to tell you something. He said, the unintended effect of your business is that my grandma called me and she thought, she said, mijo, you're famous. You know, she thought I was famous, but he said, I got, it got me thinking. He said, if something were to happen to me, God willing, you know, God, God, you know, hope, hopefully not. My son would have a documentation of my life. Yeah. And I went, oh, okay. This is, this is bigger than just, just click and record. This is somebody's life that you, and, and it really settled into me. And that's when I started reaching out to guests that weren't the $100 million businesses. I started reaching out to the moms who had overcome addiction. Mm-hmm. And my biggest podcast are the moms. The, yeah. the, the thing that, you know, the thing, and, but more importantly, I've had guests on that have been on four times and they get to, you know, when she was on the first time she had no kids and she had one kid. Now she has two kids. And she's like, <laughs> it's so cool to go back and see 
yeah there's something to be said for that and it, it really is deeper than just just talking yeah it is and i mean as you were saying that too you know as a dad i've had numerous times with the three different kids at three different ages but they'll be like uh you know, people like to Google their own name and we have a very unique, our last name is Reekman. And it's like, no one has that name. And so they'll Google their own last name. And then they're like, are you famous? Like you show up like pages and pages and pages of Google. And then, you know, part of that's having a book, but almost all of his podcast interviews. Um, and I'm like, well, in a sense, I guess I am a little bit internet famous. You know, I've been on 70 something different shows. And, um, and so there's that aspect. And like you just said, if someone's thinking about working with me, the first thing I need to do is look up my name, look up my LinkedIn or Google me. And then you have all this credibility because you can't fake your way through 70 something long form interviews, right? Like if you're doing that and you're not getting blacklisted as an idiot, um, you probably had some value to share. Uh, so there, there's that part from a personal credibility. And then I think also from a personal development standpoint, being interviewed or in, and being in your side of the mic, interviewing so many different people with different backgrounds, and it makes you a better conversationalist. It gets you way more clear on your own unique abilities what your business is really about, um, you know, with the fire. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I got some friends that I really respect and care for. And let's just say in my first 15 or 20, they ate me alive. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, like yeah. if my buddies listen to everyone, like, you know, 500 plus, he's a good friend. And he, really good mess friend. <laughs> he messaged me and he was like, Hey, uh, it's not about you. Stop talking about yourself. He's like, get better. And like, he's listened to everyone. And he texted me like about a year ago and he was like, Hey man, like I've watched you from day one. Like, he's like, you're amazing now. He's like, you really grown as a person. Even my dad, my dad went and watched back all the episodes and he was like, wow, like I, that's a big deal. Like, you know, because as much as they've grown, I've grown in the, in the podcasting space as well too. Yeah. And if you think of like, you have a certain service or coach consultant, e-commerce, you know, like the first, I don't know, probably 40 interviews I did were focused on fire Creek, usually the business story or the marketing story behind it. but inevitably you, you talk about the product and what, why, why you fell in love with it. What's the purpose of it and that sort of thing. And then you get really clear on how to do that in like a pithy way. And you should get this feedback from the host and like, they kind of lean in and like, oh, wait a minute, tell me about this guarantee or tell me about mm -hmm. what, what you mean by real hickory smoke. How's that different than like slim gyms? And you start to realize the things that actually interest people. So I think that's invaluable and it's, it's something you can do virtually through podcasting. And then you get the audience. So when people send you an email and they're like, there was this part of your story that I really cared about or yeah. like, you know, then you realize that, wow, like that, that is actually a really important part of our story. And there's, there's one of those that happened for Ryan and I, my business partner in Fire Creek, where something came out of an interview and they're like, this host had asked me what I was grateful for that day. And it was like, I was nostalgic about my grandfather who had passed away. And somehow I got into the story. I'm like, and it clicked in the interview that I'd actually grown up in the same hometown as Ryan uh, and had moved away. So we never met each other until I was 40 years old wow. in, in his butcher shop. Well, I realized not only that we have the same hometown, which is where this product got its genesis, but it clicked for me that his grandfather who started that business and my grandfather had actually been in the color guard and the American Legion together and were oh. friends and drank beer and played poker with each other. And, and so as we started talking about like, your, what's your, your grandpa's name is Bill, Bill Hanson. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, mine's Bernie. He's like, Bernie. I remember my grandpa talking about Bernie and like this wild thing that three generations ago, our grandfathers were like buddies. And now like yeah. three generations later, we're, we're business partners and we, and we never met in between. So anyway, like those kind of stories come out of an interview because you're actually, someone's asking you a new angle or a new question. And now that's part of our story. You know, like we, when we're talking to people at a trade show about 
how do you guys know each other? And it's like, well, funny story, you know? And it's like, then people remember that, that like, that's a super emotional, like cool, nostalgic thing. And it brings people to the brand. And so there's, I don't know, there's just, there's so many different uh, nuanced things that long form interviews like podcasting can generate. Um, it, it, we could, we could talk for two hours about all the different benefits and the yeah. stories. And I, I don't, I don't say this lightly from 20, 2020 to now, if I, if I think of all my clients, all of my partners, most of my online like friends, people I connect with on LinkedIn, people I have Zoom calls with, pretty much every single one of those, including you and I right now, traces back to a podcast guesting yeah. experience I had, right? Yeah. Like, because it's someone in the audience or that host, uh, you know, introduced me to someone or they enrolled in my program or I enrolled in theirs. And then, you know, it's like, but this is like virtuous relationship cycle um, that I'm now in this I call it like the network effect, right? Like I've, I've had so much of that and it's compounded so much that like I've literally from last year to this year, my income, my network, everything's like 10 X what it was. And it's not me, it's the relationships. And so podcast guesting is just a beautiful way to build those kind of relationships at scale. If you do it in a smart way and you leverage each opportunity and, and you really lean into it, um, it can be, yeah. It's my, it's obviously my favorite form yeah. of marketing, but it's also my favorite form of personal development. I guess is kind of where I was going with that whole thing. Yeah. So if somebody is on the fence or they own a business or they're just an entrepreneur or whoever they are, and they haven't started yet, they have been, never been on a podcast. What's your kind of one, two steps to get started? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got a whole five-step framework to do this in a, in a big way, but I, I mean, the first step, if you're in that position, you're like, I've never really been interviewed. I'm not really sure what I would talk about. Um, I would. You, you probably, you may know a friend uh, that, that has a podcast and you could, you could go um, kind of take a low pressure approach to it. But if you're in business, you have a message, you just need an outlet for it. Um, yeah. I mean, I would go use it. There's a tool called listen notes, it's a free tool, ListenNotes.com. really fun research tool. It's kind of like Google for podcasts. So if you have a certain industry, you have a certain topic you like to talk about, there's a certain show you already listened to that maybe you feel like they're a little too big to approach. We can put that name in the listen notes and you'll start getting a lot of um, different related podcasts. And so I would look in there and find three of them um, that you think would be fun to be on, that you think would move the needle. And then you just want to reach out to them and be human, be compelling, uh, listen to some of their episodes, give them some immediate feedback about how those impacted you, and then talk about how you think you could serve their audience. And that's like, podcast guesting one-on-one and that's really the, the way to get it started and then we could you know there's way more advanced things from there but yeah for someone who's like on the fence try it um yeah. you you may be a little nervous you may feel, feel like you can't think on your feet um it's actually fun and if you get a great host like austin they make you feel comfortable um and then your only risk is like me i talk too much it's not it's not that i don't have enough well, to say do, I talk I, forever because I, I get so i'm sure you get the same thing i get everybody even when i invite them on you know the number one thing that anybody says i have nothing to say Right. What do you tell people then when they say that? Uh, yes, you do. Like, especially if you're an entrepreneur, like you have, if you, if you, if you only got on a show and you share why you do what you do, that's like the most compelling thing you can share. And that not only connects people to you personally, but then it connects them to your business. Cause if there's like a passionate mission behind why you do what you do in, in as an entrepreneur, then just get on and tell that. And the stories from there will take care of themselves. The, the greatest thing my friend here on the big agency in New York said to me when I was getting started was marketing is nothing more than facts that have happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. And when he told me that, I was like, oh, okay. We don't have to make up anything, right? And so yeah. what you're saying is just just be you. Just tell why you're doing it, and we're good. Yeah, if you so have a case you- study to share, if you have like a special framework you like to work, work through, that's all great. Um, but I think the main thing is what's the problem you solve? Why? And then if you have a how that you want to share with an audience, great. Um, but th- that's the big thing is who are you and, and why do you do what you do? I feel like that's the most compelling part of most interviews. I love it. So if people want to find your website, they want to follow what you're doing, how would they do that? Yeah. So simplesuccesscoaching.com is the website. It's uh, under redesign. So it may still not talk a lot about what I do, or it may be perfect by the time you get there. Um, but simplesuccesscoaching.com regardless will get you in contact with me. So if you want to reach out, have a conversation, you have a question about podcast guesting or marketing, that's the place. And then I'm super active also on LinkedIn. And I mentioned, uh, Dustin Reekman, R-I-E-C-H, is a very unique name. I think I'm the only one on there. So if you head over there, I post daily and love to connect with people on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Guys, if you got some value from this episode, send it to a friend and we'll see you next time.